TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless Mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. One hour from now, of course, in 20 minutes, we have five burning questions. That's coming up at 1220 p.m. Eastern, 920 Pacific. Chip Patterson going to join us, college football writer, CBS Sports, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 Pacific. Going to be a hell of a time with Chip. Talk about some of the matchups that are coming up. Can can Iowa State win the Cyhawk Trophy? Which I was watching game day just a second ago because we were in the break. Eric Church, I don't even think the guy is from Iowa. First off, does game day have to pick a, coll- a country singer for every single one of these picks? It's always somebody with an accent. It's either Matthew McConaughey or a country singer. It's all. It, it's always a Southeast accent. It's always a Southern. Hold on, Eric Church. Let me see here. I don't think the guys. Tom Fernelli says he's not from uh, not from Iowa. That guy's from Granite Falls, North Carolina. What the hell are you talking about? You can't find anybody from the state of Iowa. Billy Jack, welcome into the show. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate. Can we find a list of people who are from Iowa? Hold on. Eric Church needs to be the celebrity picker for Iowa. Are th- is there a list? Of, here we go. Notable Iowans. List of people from Iowa for the Cyhawk Trophy later today for Eastern. Tom Arnold is from Iowa. Seriously, you don't want to have Tom Arnold on the show? It always has to be a country singer. Tom Arnold isn't that big of a celebrity to you. Who else do they have here? Are we looking at this here? Uh, Billy Jack, are you seeing this? Tom, you see it? Dallas Clark is from there. Dallas Clark's a good football player. Nick Collison's from there. Billy Cundiff, the kicker, he's from there. Who else? Little Ashton Kutcher. Is Steve du- Steve Ducey still alive? He's the host of Fox and Friends. Probably don't want to go that way. Ashton Kutcher's from Iowa. Apparently. Ashton Kutcher's from Iowa. See, that's the one. That's the How one can you not have Ashton Kutcher in there? Everybody loves... I can hear you clicking away, looking up famous Iowans, aren't you? Uh, you can hear... I mean, you can... You, you just, look at all these guys. Here. Herbert Hoover's Herbert Hoover is from Iowa. Now, if you could get him on college game day, then you'd be doing something. Sean Johnson is from Iowa. Zach Johnson's from Iowa. Yep, Ashton Kutcher is from Iowa. Ron Livingston, Office Space. No one likes the movie Office Space. Ron Livingston is from Iowa. I'm sure he grew up Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm sure he's a fan of one of the two in that state. Nia Long, she's from Iowa. Nope, we got to pick Eric Church. We have to pick a country singer who has no connection with the state. And I know everybody likes Eric Church. Kyle Orton's from Iowa. What the hell's Kyle Orton up to? Can he pick? Who else? Sage Rosenfels. We've had him on the show. He's from Iowa. He played at Iowa State. 
I mean, come on. Am, am I wrong here, Tom? John Wayne's from Iowa. Elijah Wood is from Iowa. Marshall Yanda is from Iowa. Obviously, you can tell by now I'm going in alphabetical order. I mean, there are some famous Iowans out there. And you use Eric Church. Congratulations. Lord almighty. Usually, Fox pass uh, him up already. Do you usually bet what? with the celebrity picker? As far as what? Bet, no, like, God, you, no. I bet, bet with him? <laughs> bet like, with I never him? Pay, I'm, I'm being sarcastic because I never have paid attention to the celebrity picker oh, on God, that show. No, no they're usually, they always look like they're too hungover. But I understand what like you're Eric saying. Ch- this, is a, this is the first yeah. time in Ames. It's a big day for the school. There should be something more connected to Ames or Iowa. I, I agree. Yeah. No, I totally see it. But I, I think that it, if you if you were in Columbus, like you'd have uh, you have an Ohioan, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Sure. Like don't you have to pick somebody? Like I, I know I, I don't is Katie, Katy Perry is she from Mississippi when she was down there at Ole Miss? Maybe not. Maybe it's just any celebrity that day. Like it's hosting Saturday Night Live and they go up there and they're usually hungover. Eric Church looks like he just got off a bender. People are saying Seth Rollins is from Iowa. RSB97 says Jim Tomey's from Iowa. I thought Jim Tomey was from Peoria, Illinois, which is next door to Iowa, which gives me a Tommy Boy reference. Get the guy who is from the gas station in Illinois in the movie Tommy Boy who tells him that he has the wrong map over Eric Church right now. 855-2124-CBS. All right, last week my show got hijacked. I want to get to Matt first in Idaho. He wants to talk about paying college athletes. Then I have to really pay the fiddler for what we were talking about last week. But let me get to Matt first. Matt, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, hey what's up, man? Hey, uh, hey man. Go- Fred, Hoy- Fred Hoiberg, didn't he play college ball at least in Iowa? Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg's from Iowa. Put him out there as a celebrity pick. He's not as big a celebrity right. as Eric Church. I can understand that. But still, at least it has some connection with the state of Iowa, for crying out loud. Go ahead there, yeah, man. Yeah. What were you going to say, bud? So, anyways, I um, grew up in France, and uh, I saw some guys play over there. Like, for example, Tony Parker. I saw him play when he was 15, and I knew there was something special about him. And so did the uh, Paris team. They were paying him. He was a 15-year-old kid that was on the uh, payroll. And so the thing is, they're paid on a different level over there. You have kind of this feeder team, which is called like the mm-hmm. Hopes, the Young Hopes. And so essentially these guys are paid to practice and to train as pros and with the pros, and then eventually they become the pros. And these are the prospects that you see coming from Europe. They start – at this level, and they already get paid, but they get paid kind of like on the maybe a developmental league sort of level, and then eventually they hit it big when they sign the big contract with the team that has been training them, and that's what they do in soccer, and they've got it right over in Europe. So, I mean, if we're going to be making money off these kids, they have to be getting a little bit of the money some way along the way because if someone's making money, you you, you got to pay the folks that are making it for you. Because a, a front exec, front office exec, isn't out there on the court scoring the points. The player is. So that's how I feel about it. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying because it, it goes with any single job, man. I mean, if, if they pay me a salary, obviously the guy who's my boss is going to have to make more because there's going to be more because he's the one who put me in charge of it. It's different when, when it comes to professional sports. Players make more than their coaches and a lot more than their general managers in some cases. But they don't make more than the owner. I'm looking at this from a from just a simple standpoint of 
if we want to make it at least, and Matt, thank you very much for the call. If we want to make it at least somewhat equitable, I can't say stipends, 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 stipends. There are plenty of programs out there that cannot afford those stipends. And we don't think about that. This is going back to what Tim Tebow was saying. And I wanted to mention something with Nick Saban even later on because people are using Nick Saban for whatever reason as a poster child for this, and I think it's the wrong card to play. But when it comes to the California bill of just, hey, letting them have a a taste of their own likeness, I don't think there's a problem with that. If they were paying me a salary, obviously it's in my contract that they can use my likeness. Now, it might already be in their bylaws because or their contracts or their student contracts that they're getting a they're getting a scholarship so part of that scholarship is that they can use their likeness there is a round about that i can't deny that but if they wanted to make it at least a little bit equitable where there's more money in the pocket to secure what a better start for a student that's what college is supposed to be about then i have no problem with that it, it makes it more and i hate I, I i not can't say fair and balanced but i think it makes it more realistic because I try to put other people in the shoes. Matt in Idaho, and no offense to Matt in Idaho, he's a nice guy. I, I don't know if a local car dealership is going to put Matt in Idaho up on their billboard saying, Matt in Idaho, come on down to this Chevrolet dealership because Matt in Idaho says it is. But if they put Eric Church up there and says, hey, uh, Eric Church is coming down here for this Chevy dealership, well, then guess what? You're going to have a lot of people going down there, and Eric Church is going to get a taste of that. So if you're in a position to make money because of it, then go ahead and do it. Kirk Ferentz, I'm sure, gets paid for personal endorsements. He is a professional football coach, or he's a college football coach, but he does it professionally. If Nate Stanley gets put up on a billboard for the University of Iowa, then maybe Nate Stanley, maybe he should get 3%. Maybe that's not too terribly bad. Maybe have him hold a bottle of Coke. Maybe that's not terribly bad. If we're talking about guys who can endorse products, and they can get something later on. Maybe you hold and save onto it. I'm not sure. But there is a way to at least make it not fairly equitable, but it makes it more realistic. There are people who can endorse products. There's people who can't. And there's people who buy products based on those endorsements. So that's the only thing I think that this California bill is driving towards. And going back to what Tim Tebow said, kind of laying some sort of a guilt trip on athletes to want to be paid, I think you're showing for the first time at 32 years old, you are out of touch with 17, 18, 19-year-old athletes now. The whole facade with the transfer portal, with with the professionalization of athletes, of working with athletes, things like the IMG Academy, the whole facade of college football, buddy, that's gone. Where can I play? Where can I play the best? Where do I get the best opportunity What's the best opportunity for me, and how do I get to the NFL because of that opportunity? That's the way top-level players think. There are plenty of guys around the country who play at D3 schools and D2 schools and even D1 schools who buy in, and they believe in that. and They do what's right for the football team. They are trying to win football games, but like any other life and any other job, you got to think about what's best for yourself and for your family, even at 17 years old. What's going to be best for you for the future? And if it ain't there, then now you have the transfer portal. The the days of just playing for the pride of Notre Dame and Florida, those days are done. Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, about to be Kirby Smart here, Lincoln Riley, Urban, Urban, they killed that. I was driving in today. I was driving, I swear to God, 480 in Ohio. 
And I was thinking about my own kids because I'm not a big Ohio State fan. People always ask me why. I go, I went to Akron. When I went to Akron, Akron gave me an opportunity. I paid for that opportunity, but I got an opportunity because of the University of Akron. I have an affinity for the University of Akron. I love the place. They've fallen on hard times, the daddy, but I do love the place, and I hope that they are successful. But I was driving in, I'm thinking, man, would I ever be an Ohio State, big Ohio State fan again? Because I was a huge Ohio State fan when I was a kid, and when I was in high school, and even at the beginning of college. And I go, man, Ohio State's done nothing for me. I was a fan as a kid. I loved Ohio State as a kid. There's all baby pictures of me in Ohio State stuff. I have no family that went to Ohio State. I have friends who went there, but I have no family that went there. I celebrated the 2002 National Championship, and then I'm thinking, man, I just grew up. Akron gave me an opportunity, not Ohio State. Ohio State wouldn't even answer me back, and rightfully so. I wasn't that great of a high high school athlete or high school student. I thought, man, if my kid goes to Ohio State... Maybe they'll get me back because I'll be so proud of my sons that they got into that school, that they got to Ohio State. Until then, Akron's the one who gave me my opportunity. I support Akron. And then I just thought about it even further. There was a time where the town's best football player in Ohio, in western Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania in general when it comes to Penn State, in Michigan. You can argue a little bit about it with Michigan State, obviously. Where that kid in that town, those townspeople hope that kid went to Ohio State. And now they get kids from Texas, they get kids from Florida, they get kids from California. It's not about state pride anymore. For the fans, it is. For the ones who, who want to do the make-believe part of it, it is. And that's fine. That's what makes college football work, and that's what makes college football fun. But overall, it's not that way anymore. And I just look at it from a completely different perspective now. So now you have more professionalized students who don't play for the love of the school. They might fall in love with the school while they're there. They're going to play with the best opportunity. If you're in Texas, you're trying to pluck athletes from Ohio, and those kids from Ohio, yeah, they might have liked Ohio State because they were really, really good, but if I'm going to have a chance to play at Texas as a true freshman in front of 90,000 people on major network television, Tom Herman can convince me of that pretty quickly. So if you're from Portage County, Ohio, and you're a number one blue chip athlete and Texas comes to call and their offense makes it makes sense for you or their defense makes best sense for you, maybe you just like that opportunity better. Times are changing. And Tim Tebow needs to get with that. 855-2124-CBS. Something I needed to get with, obviously, comes down to Antonio Brown. Last week, I made a horse's ass out of myself because I thought for sure there is no chance in hell that the New England Patriots pick up Antonio Brown. And I still don't think I forgot anything. I look at Antonio Brown. It still doesn't fit Bill's M.O. Because people look at it and go, well, he's obviously going to sign with the Patriots. He's going to sign with the Patriots. He's a bad egg. He's going to sign with the Patriots. If you looked in the past, and I looked at the Steelers situation, he left the team that was trying to be like the Patriots. And has been often compared to him. He forced his way out of a good situation. They're a really good football team with Antonio Brown, obviously. Super Bowl contenders, or at least they were supposed to be. And he forces his way out of that situation. I thought, man, Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, which Randy Moss actually did work out for them. I mean, didn't he score like some like 47 touchdowns or something like crazy like that? Gosh, Ronnie Harrison, who who won Super Bowls with them. Junior Seau. You have guys who are good football players from other places. You can go down the list. Wes Welker was a good football player for the Miami Dolphins. They traded him for peanuts. And Wes Welker became the better wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers Tom Brady's ever thrown to. 
you've had a pattern of good players coming from poor organizations that go to New England and thrive. But here was Antonio Brown coming from a good organization. And looking in the past, when I said the personal freedoms, meaning inside the locker room, Bill Belichick, he'll let you do what you do off the field, but you better be ready to serve business. And Antonio Brown in the locker room has not always been ready for business. So what I'm looking at here, absolutely dead wrong. You got me. You're a Patriots fan. You wanted Antonio Brown. I didn't think he was going to go there. You got me. Dead to rights. But ultimately, this is a gamble by Bill Belichick because it doesn't fit his historical M.O. Guys who have been problems for him in the locker room, he's just gotten rid of. Richard Seymour got upset with him. They shipped him off to Oakland. We didn't hear of him again. He's a Hall of Famer, but we didn't hear of him again. Jamie Collins got upset about his contract situation. Fine, see how you like Cleveland. You'll get paid by Cleveland, and you'll also hate it, and you'll go out and loaf. Chandler Jones has had a fruitful career. They were more than welcome to trade away Chandler Jones. They were more than welcome to get rid of Malcolm Butler, and they were still ticking. Anytime anybody's caused a problem in the locker room, Bill Belichick's had a problem with it. These other guys that I mentioned, these quote-unquote malcontents, the Corey Dillons of the world, Corey Dillon went to New England and thrived because it was a place that was about winning. It wasn't a place that was cheap. They were willing to pay that, they were willing to pay that toll, and Corey Dillon was happy to be there and play like that. And while in Cincinnati he was seen as a malcontent and a red ass, in New England he was better. But now you have Antonio Brown there where he's caused problems in the locker room before. Obviously, he's caused a riff and caused dysfunction before. And outside of the rape allegations, which I can't even begin to wrap my head around, it's a civil suit. Outside of all that, this is, to me, the biggest risk Bill Belichick has ever taken with that football team. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up, five burning questions. And also, hey, you want to pay the players? Great. But uh, I don't think you should be using Nick Saban as your poster boy for that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific, we'll talk Chip. We'll talk to Chip Patterson, college football writer, CBS Sports. By the way, I'm getting a bunch of Eric Church tweets, and thank you very much. Where is this? Adam Sen, Ken, Eric Church looks hungover because he had a show in Green Bay last night in Wisconsin and has to go back to Green Bay for another show tonight. Oh God, he looks like hell. Get a real Iowa in there. What's Ashton Kutcher doing? Is he that busy? Is he making another spinoff of Punked? Are they doing that 90s show now? Like, I know he's having kids with Mila Kunis and all that stuff. Get him on that show. He's a perfectly likable personality from Iowa. Why stretch Eric Church thin if he's playing two shows? I'm not taking shots at Eric Church. I'm sure a lot of people like Eric Church, but he's from North Carolina. If it was North Carolina Wake Forest, even though that game was last night, if it was North Carolina Wake Forest, bring on Eric Church. He's from North Carolina. You bring him to Iowa for game day. 855-2124-CBS. We'll hold off on five minute questions. I want to get to the phones here. Joe in Wisconsin, I think he's about to make a great point. Joe, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, I got you, Joe. Go ahead, bud. All right, Abe. Uh, appreciate, the, appreciate the call. I, I really tend to disagree with your belief that Belichick's taking a big risk with A.B. Here's why. Because he's got that team so under control. The, the culture there is so strong and so clear that, you know, A.B. acts like a moron. He's gone. I mean, look at, look at what he did with Malcolm Butler. I mean, look at all the history. These are like a bunch of Stepford wives 
just going through the motions. They're not having fun. They're just winning games. And he's got that that situation under control. There's no Joe, risk. Let, Joe, let me clarify myself. I, I totally agree with you. I absolutely totally agree with you. The reason I said it was his biggest risk because I think that people can they look at the Corey Dillons and who he's brought in and some of the other ones and, and they go, Oh, he's got those guys were b- much bigger risks than what Antonio Brown is. The reason I say it is well, those guys were much easier to take than, than Antonio Brown is. The reason I said it was just because he comes from a winning organization and that he forced himself off a winning organization. Their fabric is so strong where they would be able to overcome Antonio Brown. He's not going to run them into the gutter. So you're right about that. If it was taken that way, I apologize. But I didn't mean it to come off the way as of, well, Antonio Brown's going to go into New England and to destroy the New England Patriots. I don't think it, the only thing that can destroy the New England Patriots is Belichick and Brady retiring or passing away some way. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, can I can I plant one more seed? Can I? One more? Yes, sir, absolutely. Go right on ahead. There's a, there's a strong parallel. Okay, and I'm here in the middle of Wisconsin, all right, and I bleed green and gold. There's a strong parallel between A.B.'s antics and Brett Favre. And he manipulated his way onto the Vikings. He didn't want to go to the Jets. He wanted to go to the Vikings with Daryl Bevel the whole time. And he did everything dirty and unethical to get his way onto the Vikings place, just like A.B. wanted to be on the Patriots. Also, there's allegations. Joe, your your call broke. Joe, I got to let you go. Your call broke up, and I'm sorry, because I really wanted to hear the rest of that. I'm sorry. Tom, I, it's killing me. I wanted to hear the rest of that. I don't think you went as far as A.B. did. Well, the Jen Sturger thing is pretty ugly. Um, I, I don't think he went as far as A.B. did. This is, this is almost uncharted territory, because now you're seeing in the NBA, and I made this comparison last week, the NBA, guys are dictating their terms, and, and they're leaving now for happiness. It used to be money. And money's great. People people get upset about money and greed. Money keeps you honest. So there was a time where, hey, if you can be offered the most money, it makes the most sense. Now guys can be offered the most money. You can have two Supermax contracts. They're just leaving for happiness. They don't want to be – Gordon Hayward didn't want to be in Utah. Kyrie don't want to be in Boston. They're just, they're just going to leave. LeBron didn't want to be in Cleveland again. They're just going to leave. And in the NFL – Hey, these guys run in similar crowds. At least Antonio Brown does. He was on LeBron James's show on HBO. In the NFL, they see that power, and it does scare me because I think fans are always going to be fans of the teams in the NFL, not the players like they are in the NBA. There's a true huge difference there. But you find a guy like Antonio Brown, he is, was willing to move heaven and earth to get to the team that he felt that he wanted to get to. He was tired of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a great contract for him and a very good situation. He was just tired of being a Pittsburgh Steeler. He never wanted to be an Oakland Raider. He got himself to New England. I still don't know if he wants to play football, really be a tremendous football player for a long time. But I do know this now. He certainly doesn't want his time wasted, and he feels that he would have wasted his time in Oakland. So he was willing to make a tremendous ass out of himself to do that. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up next, five burning questions, 1 p.m. Eastern. Chip Patterson going to join us. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Chip Patterson in 20 minutes, CBS Sports. It's time for five burning questions. Tom, hit it, baby. What's happening, Ken? 
Oh, nothing. Boy, you're fired up about a multitude of subjects. I, you know, I'll do you a service. We'll get back into the A-B thing coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead, though. Let's do five burning questions, Tom. Okay. Uh, the U.S. men's basketball team had a pretty epically disappointing performance at the FIBA World Championships. Ended up finishing in seventh place after losing two games in a row. First one to France, second one to Serbia. Lots of blame is going around to the players who decided not to go, to the coaching staff. Uh, Pop, Greg Popovich's response, quote, some people want to play the blame game. There's no blame to be placed anywhere. They want to play the shame game. Like, we should be ashamed because we didn't win a gold medal. That's a ridiculous attitude. It's immature. It's arrogant. It shows that whoever thinks that doesn't respect all the other teams in the world and doesn't respect that these guys did the best they could. And, quote, obviously the rest of the world has caught up a little bit, a lot, really, to the United States, but we are still the primary basketball pl- power with the primary basketball league. Do you think this is acceptable as the new normal for USA basketball, Ken? Yes, I do. I'm more interested in my professional basketball players from the United States staying in the United States and getting ready for the NBA season. I already know that they're the best. I, 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 sorry, I, I don't really respect them to the same level. The other teams, I don't respect them to the same level as Team USA basketball. I mean, let's be honest. If LeBron James, if Kevin Durant were healthy, him... LeBron James, Steph Curry, who else you want to throw in there? You want to throw Kyrie? Go right on ahead. Kyrie Irving, who else? Dame Lillard, who am I missing? Start naming players. Russ, you want to throw Russie in there? Go right on ahead. They wouldn't win a gold medal? All of them would. There's nothing, there's no doubt in my mind. Like the, the, other, the Argentines and the French, they've gotten better. And they have a couple of pros, obviously, more than a couple of pros. Guys born right here in the U.S. of A., they're just better. I have no problem, and really, maybe I should care more. I don't care that they didn't win anything in the FIBA, whatever it is. I wasn't really paying attention. I just know that I didn't. If, if I were a fan of an NBA team, I wouldn't want my play, a team, a good team, I wouldn't want my player playing in it. I don't need him playing in it. I need him to be able to beat Golden State and beat the Lakers with LeBron and be able to beat the teams in the East and get to the NBA Finals. I don't need him playing in that thing. The NBA season, media days are like a week and a half away in the NBA. I want him ready for that. So I respect Greg Popovich immensely. He's doing a great job. I don't care, and I don't care if they get boat raced by Portugal or Argentina or or Trinidad and Tobago or Bosnia and Herzegovina. It it doesn't matter to me. Next. Bosnia would be rough, but, yeah, I I, I get your point. Um, We talked. What about Herzegovina? (laughs) Well, both of them together. Even yeah, all both of, of them combined together. power, they should not be beating the United That's like States the Road basketball. Warriors, brother. They are coming after you, Tom. <laughs> you better watch your ass. That's the Rock and Roll Express, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Go ahead. All right, so we spoke at length earlier in the show about the back and forth this week between the Jets and the Browns ahead of their Monday night matchup uh, in week two. However, going back to last week, there was also a little bit of controversy about what happened on the field between the Browns and Titans. And specifically, right before halftime, apparently Malcolm Butler of the Titans Mm. telling the Browns that they have no heart. Freddie Kitchens responded to that this week saying, quote, he does not know our locker room. I'm sure some of our guys will read this and want to be affirmative that everyone will find out what what this team has. Okay, I'm not going to question our heart. If anyone does, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, whoever is writing or saying it, end quote. So was that actually the better, quote unquote, bulletin board material for the Browns than anything that came from the Jets this week? I actually think so, because as a, you, you saw what happened in the fourth quarter, Tom. I know you went and watched that game back. They didn't have heart in that fourth quarter. They ugly. rolled over and died. Yeah. They got in their own way. What happened, and I'll tell you this, a talented group of young players 
a talented group of children were beat by a decent group of grown men. That's what happened on last Sunday. They were embarrassed in the fourth quarter. That game was a two-point game at the end of the third, near the end of the third quarter. They gave up a screen pass to Derrick Henry that went for 75 yards, and they checked out. Col- talented college football teams that don't have a grip on what they do do that. This is a Browns team that does not have a ton of playoff experience. They got guys like Morgan Burnett and OBJ's technically played in a playoff game. I'm sure he doesn't want you to know about that one. But he's technically played in a playoff game. But you have a lot of guys who do have talent. But they don't have that type of experience. Mike Vrabel is a good football coach. And he was disciplined. They baited. Kenny Vaccaro admitted he baited them into personal fouls. Greg Robinson got kicked out of the game for kicking a guy in the face. The The left tackle. The Titans started that game off missing two offensive linemen. And they equalized it because Kendall Lamb, the backup, got hurt. They ended up having to bring in different guys and move them around the offensive line. And it completely threw off Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield threw off himself looking for wide receivers because they were running pass patterns and they were running plays that I don't think I would have run at all. Certainly not in week one. So, yeah, the better team won last Sunday. And I think that there's a point that Malcolm Butler had to say. I think they're emotional, but I don't know if they have heart yet. I think they believe in each other, but they got to be able to harness that and understand that high school, NFL football games are much different from college and high school. And I think the fans needed to understand that too, because a lot of fans, 13-3, and 14-2, and two, this team's going to be amazing. They're made, salary caps are there, the league is set up for parity. They're made to be tight football games for entertainment purposes. It's not Ohio State taking on Indiana where people expect Ohio State to beat the brakes off of Indiana. It's not like that. So you got to go out there and earn it, especially against a veteran team like the Tennessee Titans. Next. Okay, Rob Gronkowski went on CBSN, the CBS streaming news channel, and told Rena Ninen that he's had about nine surgeries and about 20 concussions in his career. Also talked a lot about kind of the misery of dealing with the injuries of the late part of his career. So after this eye-opening appearance, Ken, are you now convinced that Gronk is gone for good? I think, yeah, I, I think I am. I, I think that, I think there's a lot of people, I thought he might be gone for good regardless. He's 29 years old, to step away from the game, the serious injuries that he's had, I thought he was gone for good regardless. There was a lot of people, I think, who want him back, but again, those nine surgeries, how many concussions do he thinks he had? 20? He estimated 20. Yeah, th- th- that's going to have long-term effects. He's, he's resting, he's enjoying life right now, he's 30 now. I mean, he might have 60 good years left. I hope. I hope. Uh, he's a lot smarter than a lot of people take take him for credit for and take credit for and give him credit for. And I think that he is a guy who can do a lot of different things in the world. I like to see what he's doing next, but I don't think he's coming back to play NFL football next. All right, so the Dolphins had an absolutely miserable week one, got run over by the Ravens. Then there were immediately reports after the game that multiple players had contacted their agents about wanting out of Miami. Then multiple players complained anonymously during the week that they were being used out of position, including Minka Fitzpatrick, the 11th overall pick in last year's draft, who then asked for a trade and is apparently being shopped. We all know the Dolphins are tanking, but is Brian Flores already approaching the point of no return uh, in his Dolphins tenure, or is this a necessary purge what's happening right now? Uh, With the players, are you talking about with just Brian? That's almost two questions right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could put Greer and Flores in the same boat on this one, but 
is is the is well, the Dolphins' leadership approaching a point of no return in general, well, gonna, or has this all been a necessary kind of breaking with the past to move? That forward? I can't answer that question yet until they draft a quarterback next year. If they draft a quarterback next year and, and he brings them back to some sort of relevance, then yes, it's all been worth it. They're any idiot. You know, I, I'm not going to give Chris Greer a bunch of credit right now. Any idiot can tear down a franchise. Any idiot can do that. I I can go out there and trade away players. Tom, you could become the you could become the general manager of the Jets tomorrow and start trading away players for draft picks. Any idiot can do that. Yep. It takes talent to actually evaluate players and put players on your football team. Where I'll give Chris Greer credit is if he can actually draft guys, replace them, and be younger. You traded away Laramie Tunsil. Well, if you're going to tra- draft a quarterback next year, what are you going to do to protect that quarterback? So now I think that you're going against your own better interest. I think that this could be an 0-16 football team. I think this is a team that wants to be 0-16. They'll draft a quarterback number one overall. I think it'll probably get Brian Flores fired. And that's a place where I don't think you can do that with the fan base unless that quarterback that you get is amazing. He better be the next Marino because if he's not, you're doing something very dangerous. I'm glad you asked me this question, Tom. Because I saw this up front and personal. For the first time in my life, the Browns were bad. But I experienced true apathy during the teardown. Where people didn't care. They were bad before and people knew they were bad. People cared. They wanted to go see the team. The stadium was still filled. And then through 16 and 17, it started to dwindle. There were more empty seats. We couldn't give away tickets. And I mean that literally. Ask Lyman in the next show. We tried to give away tickets, or we had a fan try to give away tickets at a tailgate once. They wouldn't take the tickets. That's how bad it got. There was true apathy for the football team. That's why I think Baker Mayfield is seen as a deity, as a messiah for Browns fans. And he's not out of the woods yet himself. So if this doesn't come to fruition for the Dolphins, Cleveland is a city where football lives and breathes and it's embedded. If that city can become apathetic towards Browns football, I can't imagine what happens for the Miami Dolphins if this thing doesn't turn around. You're going to have to go through this year and maybe even next year. And that quarterback that you draft without Laramie Tunson and a couple of other of those pieces, I fear for that young man. I'm, I hate that Brian Flores is probably going to get canned after all this, and that's going to be the end of him in Miami, and I'll have to wait for another opportunity because I think that they probably will change out the head coach if they go 0-16. There's a lot of ugliness that they have to go through. If you're going to see it now, you see it all the way through. That's why the Josh Rosen trade. Why are you trading for players? Just keep the players you have. Get more picks. That's what everybody's obsessed with. But you better know how to build it if you're Chris Greer or if you're the Brown, like the Browns. You better find somebody who does. Next. All right, we will finish with Chargers running back holdout Melvin Gordon. An update from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler yesterday said, with the Chargers showing showing little interest in a trade, Melvin Gordon will continue to, quote, protect himself with the holdout, Mm. but will report to the team in 2019 per a source. It's not a Le'Veon Bell situation, the source said. He still wants to be a Charger, so a midseason, early November return is looking more and more likely. Ken, uh, Melvin's obviously gotten some bad advice up to this point. How would you advise him now? As far as bad advice, what do you mean? To hold out? Yes. Well, he's not getting paid. He was offered over $10 million, and his understudy just had a, another breakout performance. It's arguable, Eichler, this yeah. te- this, it's arguable this team has been better without him since he's been a Charger. Well, it's weird because it kind of hurts his trade value in a certain way. Well, you can hold on. I don't know if it does because he can help out a lot of other teams, so I take that one back. But it does show you that other running backs can be good. So I, you know, you, if you don't want to pay Zeke Elliott, I think Zeke Elliott's in a in a very special situation. 
that he makes that team so much better. He makes that Prescott so much better. He's more relaxed. He makes everything better for the Cowboys. I can't take the Cowboys seriously without Zeke Elliott. So he's in a precarious situation with that football team, and that's why he got paid to be that guy. You take a fourth overall pick, you plan on paying that guy franchise-level money, no matter what position he is. So for Melvin Gordon, you took that guy, what, top 10, top 15? He's still an upper-round pick, a first-round pick. You want to be able to pay that guy money. For Melvin, I understand where he's coming from. You only have so much time to play. You only have so much amount of time to make money. So I see where he's coming from there. The bad advice, there's plenty of teams that are willing to pay. You just have to find the right team that's willing to pay. But if I got guys like Eichler and I got other guys who are able to come in who are third, fourth-round guys, and they're able to haul the mail, why am I drafting running backs high anymore? This is a market that still is used, and it still should be killed every single time. I know they just go best player available, best player available, best player available. But if it's not going to make that big a damn difference because you can find somebody in the third and fourth round, why pay the freight on that? And then in another situation where a guy actually is worth that money, you got one with Zeke Elliott, the other one with Saquon Barkley, oh, we're going to waste some time with the old fogey quarterback. Great. I'm going to do that. Waste carries, waste time, waste touches, do all that, waste the fans' time, and have Saquon Barkley play with a relic who has no chance to go to the playoffs instead of trying to make Daniel Jones better and actually trying to develop some chemistry with each other. But, hey, I'm not Pat Shermer. What the hell? That's five burning questions. Tom, great job this week. Really well done. I don't give you guys enough credit. You, Shep was mad at me earlier. I want to give Shep credit. You, Billy Jack, Shep, you guys did a great job. You especially, Tom, with those questions. Good work. Later on, I'm going to give you a little bit of a chance to talk about A.B. Tom's upset. Tom's really upset. And this is an ugly situation. Also, might be time for Cam to hang up the babushka. But up next, Chip Patterson going to join us, college football writer, CBS Sports. Can Iowa State finally get the Cyhawk? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.